Adam and Eve is not giving you 10% off and not 20% off or even 40%. Your discount is even bigger. AdamandEve.com is giving you a whopping 50% off. But why stop there? In addition to 50% off, you also get 10 free gifts. That includes a racy item for him, a sensuous toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. And best of all... Free shipping. Always delivered in discreet packaging. So rethink your bedroom routine. Go to adamandeve.com and enter the station's exclusive code at checkout. Miller. And get, you know the discount, 50% off almost any item and 10 tantalizing free gifts. That's Miller. Again, Miller. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. What's been my favorite restaurant for a year? Home. Why? Home. Because of OmahaSteaks.com. Come on, I right? You get everything delivered safely to your door during COVID. Why risk it? You get the quality. You get the I, I, the price is unbelievable for the amount of food you get. And they've been doing it. Yep. They were way ahead of the COVID curve. Did that right? They were the coolest, mm-hmm. coolest kids in school. Right? Delivered yep. in that freezer uh, safely to your door. When I want no, quality protein, I go right to OmahaSteaks.com right now. Uh, if you put the code Voices in the search bar, you save over fifty percent. How about the Butcher's Best Sellers Package? You get four of those iconic filet mignons from Omaha Steaks, four ultra-juicy burgers, four savory pork chops, four kielbasa sausages, four rich and decadent caramel apple tartlets, and then they just chuck in, like, but they turn around, and then before they go, it's like a movie thing, they just chuck in four extra premium chicken breasts and four more burgers. And they take that. And then they say, who loves your kid? Who loves loves your kid? Take that for your trouble. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if they say that, but the point is, if you go to OmahaSteaks.com and type in voices, what a bargoon you get. Over 50% off. Secure this exclusive pricing right now. OmahaSteaks.com. Type voices in that search bar. Okay, happy hour. Let's go. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Okay, calm down, calm down, calm down. Okay, calm down, everybody. It's Stephanie Miller's happy hour. First of all, girls, girls won the world. Oh, my God. I feel like a game show host. Look who's here. All of them. Ready, everybody? First is Jill Weinbanks, the only woman on the Watergate trial team and famously dubbed by Nixon as that bitch in a miniskirt. She was also general... (laughs) General Counsel of the Army. Joyce White Vance is a professor at the University of Alabama and a U.S. Attorney's Office in Alabama, the first woman Barack Obama nominated for U.S. Attorney in Birmingham. She's a lifelong knitter and has 10 chickens, everybody. Okay, Barb McQuaid, professor at the University of Michigan. Uh, also, first woman nominated by uh, Barack Obama for U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District, uh, District of Michigan. She's a sports fan. Her dream job is to be shortstop of the Detroit Tigers, everybody. Kimberly Atkins is the senior opinion writer at the Boston Globe and a recovering lawyer. She is also a fashion designer and sporting one of her fantastic outfits today. Hi, ladies. Come on down. <laughs> Hi, Hello. sisters. Hi, sisters-in-law. Hey, Hi, sisters-in-law. Hey, Hello. 
Oh, my God. And Jill Weinbank's wearing her official Chicago Stephead shirt. Does it get better than this? No. <laughs> um, Kimberly, I've never met you. I've been using all of these women all these years just to get to you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. And you guys, congratulations. It's like the number one political podcast. It is fantastic. We've all known and adored you on MSNBC. Tell us how this all started. You were just hanging out in the green room, as girls do. And then tell us how this happened. Anybody, it Jill, was, go ahead. It was mostly our fans said, you need to have a show. And we all just have so much fun talking to each other and sharing ideas uh, that we were hoping that people would join us for a cocktail at this hour or maybe for a cup of coffee if they're listening earlier and just join our conversation and send us their questions so that we can answer them and um, just talk about the major issues of the day in a way that will get people really interested in participating in politics. Well, I fell in love with all of you, and I mean that, as you know, in a gay and a non-gay way, um, by seeing you <laughs> on MSNBC. But all of you, I think during this extraordinary time in our history, right, impeachment and all of this, two impeachments, is you make the law understandable to normal people like us that don't have law degrees. I mean, for God's sakes, Joyce Vance, you own chickens. I mean, you're a fancy <laughs> coastal elite and you're a, you own chickens. I mean, it's just it doesn't get more relatable than that, right? Well, if by coastal elite, you mean the uh, redneck Riviera down in Gulf Shores, Alabama, I guess I'm a coastal elite. But Stephanie, that, that really is what we want to do. Part of the reason that the country ended up the way it did during the Trump administration was because of a failure of civic education and understanding of the legal system. And it's actually really interesting stuff. I mean, I confess I'm a little bit nerdy, but when the four of us sit down and discuss it, it is really interesting. These are conversations that we would just have sitting in a coffee shop. It is a great thing for us to get to let everybody listen in. And so we really do hope people will send in their questions so it'll expand yeah. the conversation to include our listeners. I've never been so jealous in my life when you tweeted about having everybody on your porch in Alabama, all the ladies present and other amazing legal lads and ladies. And I was like, try, invited myself. I'm like, can I come? I don't, I won't say anything. I'm not a lawyer. I won't say anything. I just want to listen to everybody. You'll notice she didn't oh, attack. You notice she didn't talk about inviting us in. Just you know, the port, just close enough. <laughs> Barb, you know how many Twitter people are like, why don't you have Stephanie Miller be part of the podcast? I'm like, I'm not a fucking lawyer. Stop saying that. I'm <laughs> sisters in law. Do you get it? What do they have in common? They have law degrees in common. But you're yeah. all, and I love how you're already tag teaming each other on Twitter. Uh, Joyce, you tweeted about there's no basis for um, these new uh, restrictions in terms of voting, you know, voting rights. You said it's simply majority via GOP legislatures trying to make it as hard as possible for people they think will vote Democratic to vote. And then Kimberly, you tag teamed her and said this is so true. 2020 exposed the lie, but the GOP has been telling it for years and will keep telling it to disenfranchise voters most likely to vote for Democrats. It appears this is all they're working on, Kimberly, is how to keep black and brown people from voting. They're not working to help people in Texas or people uh, impacted by COVID, right? This is what they're working right. on. Yeah, it's really, it's really insane, especially uh, after this year. You, you mentioned the pandemic. And think about how many people voted, record numbers of people voted, because people in, in cities and towns and states uh, the officials realized it's in a, it's a pandemic, and so they tried to make it easier for people to vote in a safe way. And guess what happened? They did. Yeah. It worked. 
they showed that you can get more people to vote even in a pandemic and have it be safe and secure. And the very folks in places like Georgia, where they said the, the officials there swore up and down and, and said how great the system worked, how there was no fraud and pushed back against Donald Trump, are turning around and saying, but, you know, yeah. people's trust are, is shaken. So we need to implement all of these restrictions, ID restrictions and early yep. registration Pe restrictions. It's like, wait a minute, you just said that it worked. Right. So why People's are trust you is shaken because it? you shook it, <laughs> right? Because you because you're telling lies. the big lie, right? Exactly because of lies, and you prove that the lie was a lie. Yeah. So this isn't that, but this has been happening for decades, right? Yeah. This is what Republicans have been doing because they've essentially realized that the only way to win is to keep the other side from voting. Not they can't win on their ideas. Yeah, and Jill, you said the same thing. Let's start paying close attention to the number of Republican bills to suppress voting in red states. Is a serious threat to democracy. I just had uh, Brendan Boyle on this morning, he, you know, I said after COVID release, this may be the only important bill is H.R. 1 and voting, you know, the John Lewis Act, because we won't get to any of our other priorities, immigration or anything else, right, if we don't have a Democratic majorities. It is true. And I think there is a difference now. It's, it's everybody is right when you're talking about this having been going on for a long time to try to suppress black and brown votes. But now it's gotten to a dimension where it's so out in the open and so blatant, the number of bills that have been passed or are introduced in various states, um, not mine, Illinois is good, but Indiana, our neighbor, has horrible bills. Iowa, another neighbor, has terrible bills. Arizona is maybe one of the worst. Um, there are so many. The number is maybe near 200 now. Yeah. And I think the action that needs to be taken is to stop this at the state level. It's not, yes, absolutely, H.R. 1 is essential, John Lewis, yeah. uh, George Floyd, all of those voting protections are necessary and essential. But if we don't stop it at the state level, yeah. then states will continue to pass restrictions on registration. They are eliminating early voting. I mean, I can't remember when you weren't able to early vote or vote by mail. Yeah. And stop that is ridiculous. Yeah. It, it would be the same as going back to the Iowa caucuses, where unless you can come at a very narrow time frame after dinner, basically, uh, on one evening, you don't get to vote in the primary. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, Barb, let's get to really delicious, just current things like the fact that they have Donald Trump's taxes right now as we speak. <laughs> As we speak, they actually have his taxes um, in yes. New York. Talk to us about that. Well, we knew Mazars, the accounting firm, had said that they had gathered up all these records and they were willing to comply with the court order. You know, they were a little bit caught betwixt and between from Donald Trump challenging the subpoenas uh, and wanting to comply with a court order. So they said, you know, just say the word court and we'll have them ready to go. So I'm not surprised that upon this final decision by the U.S. Supreme Court that there was no merit to these legal challenges that Donald Trump was filing to prevent the disclosure of the tax returns that ultimately they would be turned over and in very short order once that order was there. So so that's happened. Now Cy Vance uh, has these tax returns and in addition, uh, underlying business records that can be used. And so I imagine uh, that the things that they will be looking for within those documents are inconsistencies. Michael Cohen testified before Congress that President Trump would um, uh, characterize 
his his income depending on whether it helped him or hurt him. So when he was seeking loans, uh, for example, to buy the Buffalo Bills, he wanted to inflate his income to make it look like he was a good uh, credit risk for banks who yeah. lend him money. When it came time to paying taxes, he would understate uh, the same income. And so looking for those kinds of inconsistencies, they can't both be true when you report $1 figure on one form and $1 figure on another. And so I imagine that they are looking through that. They've hired a forensic accounting firm uh, and they will get to the bottom of of any fraud that was reported within those financial documents. Joyce, I have said this all to you uh, individually and together that I appreciate you have dedicated your lives to the law, but it is stupid. Um, just in the sense that I don't get normal people don't get how people can delay and delay and get away with things for years like Donald Trump has. Right. I mean, and so of all these suits, Georgia, NAACP, you know, New York, uh, Letitia James and Cy Vance, what which is the velociraptor that's going to get him? <laughs> because I understand I'm listening to Barb. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. OK, I'm a late person. It's obviously insurance fraud and bank fraud and wire fraud <laughs> and, and tax fraud. Like how long? OK, which of these? Because I think Harry Littman said to us, he thinks Georgia is actually going to be first because we have that on tape. And that's the simplest. Which one do you think? Well, so first, I think it's important to acknowledge that the system can be frustratingly slow, particularly when you have someone like Trump who doesn't behave in good faith and occupies the ultimate position of power in our country as as president. Um, Part of that delay is a good thing, Stephanie. We're a rule of law country. We provide people with due process. We protect their rights. You know, we don't string people up with no reason. I'm sorry, Joyce. I just had to throw that in. I get that. But, you know, I mean, I'm going to just say we are a country that believes that it's better to let 100 guilty people go free than to put one uh, innocent person in in prison. And that's an important tenant, even when it's Donald Trump who's involved. I struggle with that. I just need to be honest and say I've found much of this to be frustrating and wanted DOJ to to charge ahead more than they were willing to under the Sessions Bar um, administrations. So that said, what's going to be the most important? I think it's going to be all of it put together. And Bard makes a really good point about searching for inconsistencies if you're Cy Vance. Remember, that investigation started with Stormy Daniels and campaign finance fraud. That is a a charge that's pretty close to the statute of limitations. In federal cases, you mostly get five years from the time the crime occurs to um, look into it. It can be longer if there's a conspiracy involved. I'm hoping that Cy Vance will find evidence of that in the uh, tax filings that he can now look at and that he will turn that over to the Southern District of New York. There's a a permissibility factor where you can get a court order as a New York state prosecutor to turn information about federal crimes over to federal prosecutors. I I see that these election crimes, crimes that involve election fraud, are so important that they can't be ignored, even if they're old, even if they've gotten lost in this whole shake of things. So by the same token, I think what happened in Georgia is equally important, but it's gonna be this total package, the press of civil actions that Letitia James looks like she's gonna file um, up in New York. And also, you know, who knows what the evidence will be like in the District of Columbia, but if the former president has culpability for inciting insurrection or any other crimes related to January 6th, then he has to be charged. But it's up to career professional prosecutors to evaluate the evidence 
And although it's frustrating, I think we have to be willing to let them do their job. I We have an operation going here, Joyce. It's called Operation Penniless in Prison. And I don't care how it, how it gets there. Kimberly, is, I don't care. State, local. Yeah. You think, do you think Mitch McConnell will live to rue the day he did not put Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court? I mean, I am really oh, encouraged by yeah. his what he said about following following the facts and the law. What do you think? Well, I mean, I don't think Mitch McConnell spends that much time ruining anything so long <laughs> as he keeps himself It's not in his in position. No, no. As long as he keeps himself at the top of the Republican Senate caucus and in the position to take that gavel back, which that gavel is a breath away from, from him right now, um, I think everything he does is tactical with a purpose throughout the entire impeachment I was on Twitter warning people not to fall for the old okie doke. I, I didn't expect him to convict. I didn't expect him to whip up uh, votes to convict. Sure, he can get up in front of a microphone and, and say all sorts of things to make himself look better historically, but he knew exactly what he was doing. He was trying to keep his fractured caucus together so that the moment uh, that another election comes up and he can reclaim that uh, gavel and he can continue what is most important to him, which is installing, uh, you know, Heritage Foundation approved conservative judges throughout the judiciary, he will take it and he's going to do whatever it takes to keep himself there. So I don't think I did not see this as any big um, moral moment for Mitch McConnell. Perhaps I'm wrong, but yeah. I, I've been watching him for uh, a couple decades now, and it seems pretty consistent with what he's done the whole time. Yeah. Hold those thoughts, sisters-in-law. Is something interfering with your happiness? I know the answer for me is yes, me. But here's that's where that's where BetterHelp comes. Hey. Our new sponsor, BetterHelp. Do do do. They're just they've come to the rescue just in time. Uh, BetterHelp seeks to provide professional help with ease. It's not a crisis line. It's a professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp helps you access your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist. Uh, start communicating in under 48 hours in a safe, private online environment. Send a message to your counselor. Receive a timely response. You schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever works for you. Anything you share is confidential, unless you want to share something now, Sean, because I know you're also... I, I have someone I can talk to. Thank you very much. Oh, all right. I guess you'll keep the rest of that <laughs> confidential. See how that works? Okay. Something, something, boss, stress, blah, 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 blah. Boss, boss pays me, boss pays me in produce, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Start living a happier life today. You'll get 10% off your first month by visiting uh, our sponsor, betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal. Join over a million people who've taken charge of their mental health. Go to betterhelp, that's H-E-L-P, as you would think, betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal. 10% off, that is betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal. Um, I'm out here in Hollywood, so, uh, you know, listen, you guys have done your part by having the number one uh, podcast. I have another show to pitch to you based on something from Twitter this morning, Jill. Uh, Ryan tweeted, uh, this is a uh, quote, uh, if you can't see the election was stolen, you're a moron. Capital defendant Richard Machete texted his ex, who would soon be known as FBI witness number one. And uh, Adam tweeted, I would totally watch an HBO show about a group of women who accidentally meet online when they realize their dipshit boyfriends and husbands went to the riot and then joined forces to turn their exes and co-conspirators into the FBI. Let's hook this up. They call sisters-in-law, right? Because you guys are so easy to talk to. And you're just it's like intervention, right? Meets my horrible boyfriend show. 
right? Yeah, I think we'd do it. I think we would. Um, and, and in fact, some of our best conversations are the ones that we don't have on the air when we're just starting the call and we just talk to each other. Um, yeah. We've had great conversations about a whole lot of things. Yeah. Uh, luckily, I don't think any of us even knows anyone. Well, that's not true. I have actually a family member who voted for Trump. Yeah. Uh, Me too. Sorry. Two. Yeah, yeah, it happens even in the best families. Um, but basically, I don't associate with anybody that feels that way unless it's a workman who comes to my house that I have to talk down from. Yeah, those aren't the facts, sir. If you would listen to MSNBC or Progressive Talk Radio, you would hear a different set of facts. So yeah. um, but we should of, do that. Yeah. and But part of what I love about you guys is, is the sisterhood that's sort of famously, right, and these, damn it, these people, you're so fabulous. People keep getting elected. Mimi Roca, I don't know, Maya Wiley's probably going to get elected mayor of New York. Everybody keeps. Yeah, she just but, got some good endorsements. I know, but you guys, I'm, because I, I think, Jill, you tweeted about the near Tandon double standard and mean tweets. I just, we need more of like this sisterhood that you guys, because it just, there is such a misogynistic double standard. And we notice that it's women of color, right, Kimberly? It's like Deb Holland and Neera Tandon. And you're like, really now? Mean tweets is, a, is yeah. some sort of problem, right? Yeah, a pattern has definitely emerged here to make uh, members of the Senate who ran from the idea of having to be accountable for a tweet when asked for the last four years about the things that the former president tweeted, suddenly now are concerned about decorum and yeah. concerned about all of these other things. I mean, for uh, Senator Manchin to release an entire statement that didn't mention a single thing about Neera Tandon's qualifications, her history, her background, what she said in her hearings, including apologizing and acknowledging the mistakes that she made in right. sending some tweets, didn't acknowledge any of that, just sort of dismissed her as a matter of decorum. And then other Republicans like Susan Collins followed suit. It, it, the, the, double the double standard yeah. uh, was just, it, it was so apparent. It, it just reeked. Yeah, absolutely. Barb, um, here's the other, you know, I've talked to all of you individually about how this just must make you insane watching these impeachment trials that are not real trials and these hearings that are not. How about Ron Johnson getting to, what do you guys call that? Being able to introduce onto the record just disinformation about the Capitol right. You said by spreading, uh, Barb, you tweeted, by spreading disinformation to minimize the Capitol attack, Senator Ron Johnson does a disservice to, to oh, wow, someone's got a bigger dog than I do. Is that your I'll Dalmatian? Myself, I'm guilty. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, is that mine? <laughs> um, okay, Ron Johnson does a disservice to our country. A democracy depends on informed voters. I mean, this is why, who else, wait, who else tweeted? Hang on a second. I have a million, I've done FBI background checks on all of you and also your Twitter feeds. <laughs> um, yeah, Joyce, you retweeted, 73% of Trump voters think Biden was not legitimately elected. You said responsibility for this isn't on a single entity, but on the Republican party that bears a lot of it. I mean, this is really a problem. That, that This is why we have the both sides do it because Ron Johnson can read from a right-wing blog and that would never be allowed, Barbara, in, in a court of law, right? Yeah, absolutely not. It's really interesting. I think, you know, the, one of the things the four of us have in common is a background as trial lawyers. And in a court of law, uh, truth matters, facts matter. If you misrepresent the record, you will be sanctioned, you can be disbarred. And so uh, lawyers are taught to stick to the facts and to see 
this kind of misrepresentation in, in Congress, you know, certainly on social media, is a real disservice, this disinformation. Ron Johnson is trying to push this theory that uh, the people who were responsible for the Capitol attack were not Trump supporters, but people falsely posing as Trump supporters. Right. Senator Klobuchar corrected that record uh, by saying there is no evidence to support that. In fact, the evidence is to the contrary. More than 200 people have been charged with crimes. And the evidence in those cases is that they were indeed Trump supporters. So yeah. I think the if the rules aren't going to hold people accountable and demand that they tell the truth or have sanctions for it, I do think it, it falls upon the rest of us, the bystanders, uh, and the, the others in, in the room to stand up and speak out. So I really give props to Senator Klobuchar for calling that out and putting that on the record. Now, you know, Fox News will only show his statements and not hers. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's one way to fight back is by uh, exposing disinformation for what it is, which is why I tweeted about it. I think we need to call people out when they do that. Um, there is a way to hold people accountable when they make false statements, and that's by you know voting with our feet, uh, by putting social pressure and shunning people who engage in that kind of disinformation. Yeah. Joyce Vance, are you actually knitting while we're doing this? I mean, you're you're knitting. You're actually like, knitting. right, right, pearl one, knit two, right. So you're dropping pearls of wisdom while you're actually knitting. <laughs> I love how homey this is. Jill Weinbank's giant dog is about to disembowel her. You're just knitting a sweater. Right. Wow. Does that, does that calm you, Joyce, when we talk about insurrection? My mind works better when my hands are busy. <laughs> Idle hands, something, something, devil. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, by the way, and thank you, Barb, for echoing my, you said court order requiring Trump to produce records was the inevitable outcome. The real story is Trump's ability to stall subpoena compliance and uh, pass the election. We need reforms to prevent la- baseless uh, delay tactics, which... My- yes, thank you, Jill Weinbank's dog. The law is stupid. That's my point. People shouldn't be able... If you have money, it's about... If you have money, you're able to delay forever, Right. Yeah, I think that was... Go ahead, Kim. No, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But I I think one of the things we we have to remember is some of these rules that were put in place, rules that would shield a president from having to deal with certain other legal matters while uh, he or she, maybe one day, was put in place for a reason. But it's one of these norms that Donald Trump exploited and um, you know, used in nefarious ways. Yes, you do not want the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, to have to deal with every small claims court you know, that any Yahoo files against him or her. They're busy, they have stuff to do. So there's a yeah. reason you have rules that those things can be put off. But Donald Trump exploited all of that. He exploited yeah. every norm. And you just saw how every president up until Donald Trump respected the office enough to not push. And even though these rules somehow sometimes weren't enforceable that were in place, these norms, they didn't push it. They had honor. They had yeah. integrity in not to do that. And we've just seen how those things can be broken. I think this is a great example of just ha- having the ability to stall this stuff, Having a, also having an attorney general who will get yeah. involved in personal civil matters as if he's, you yeah. know, yeah. his own consigliere was just, uh, yeah, we've it, got it was maddening. E. Jean Carroll's rape case. I mean, what the, why the yeah. DOJ was ever in that? That had or, nothing to do with yeah. Bill Barr, but Bill Barr jumped in it. So yeah. it, it's just really incredible. Right. And uh, Jill, I mean, just to hear him say, I'm not the president's lawyer. I'm the United States 
state's lawyer was just like, oh, wow, you know, I'm going to follow just the facts and the law. I mean, and by the way, you also talked about the Smartmatic case. I forgot to mention that one. You said terrifyingly misled by disinformation. These uh, Trump voters, you said, I hope Smartmatic wins its defamation case. They haven't named Trump yet, have they? But I think they, they will. But I, I think the important thing about Smartmatic is that it is pushing back on disinformation. And the media that are perpetuating that disinformation are getting a message. It's a $2.7 billion lawsuit. That's only the annual uh, profit of Fox News. But that would be an amount that would actually make them take note. Yeah. Uh, since that lawsuit, Lou Dobbs was fired. I can't say that it was uh, a direct right. relationship between the two, but it could really change how things are. And if I can just add to what Kimberly just said, because she's 100% right, but I think it shows two things. One is that the Office of Legal Counsel opinion about indicting a president needs to be reevaluated yeah. because when you get a president who is a criminal like Richard Nixon or like Donald Trump, you need to be able to take action against that person. Yeah. And the other thing is the norms that we have always lived by and we've always assumed would be abided by, like complying with the law at a very low basic level, hasn't been true in this administration. And so some of those norms need to be enacted into laws so that you could be charged with a crime and or a civil offense for violating speaking them. Speaking of uh, uh, Watergate, it just recurs to me, I think you've said this elsewhere, but it's almost the opposite, where you gave the roadmap to Congress, right, for impeachment with Nixon. And this is like, the, they've also, they've almost left the roadmap for criminal prosecution for Donald Trump since, the, since the, you know, Republicans abdicated their duty in the Senate, right? Well, it's even more than that. I mean, Mitch McConnell voted to acquit. And minutes later, I think I must be hearing someone else speaking. It can't possibly be him saying he is guilty. It's proved beyond a reasonable doubt. He incited this riot. He caused this death and harm. And But uh, there's another way to handle it. Yeah. Criminal and civil litigation. So he, he did a reverse Watergate roadmap. Yeah. Information so that the House could impeach, and he gave prosecutors and civil litigants the go-ahead to take this action in order to Thank hold you. accountable someone who needs to be held accountable. And we should follow Bob Mueller's advice that prosecute on the ten counts of obstruction of justice from the Mueller report. It cannot stand for precedent. Joyce Vance, that appears to be large enough to cover your entire chicken coop, whatever it is you've just knitted during this <laughs> podcast. I saw you pick it up. What what is it exactly? It's what's called a Fair Isle sweater, Stephanie, okay. and it's it's large. Oh, thank you. Okay, thank you for that. Now, listen, <laughs> you also pointed out on Twitter about, you know, the DOJ indictments based on facts and evidence put a lie to Senator, jo you know, Johnson's, you know, whatever you want to call it, disinformation. But this is why I just, I mean, Brendan Boyle said to us today, we need a criminal investigation with subpoena power because this political nonsense is just antithetical to the rule of law, isn't it? What, what Republicans are trying to do. So when people in Congress speak on the floor of the Senate or the floor of the House, they're not liable for their words. They have sort of a speech and debate privilege. When federal prosecutors, though, file pleadings with courts, when they bring indictments, they're responsible for their words. And those facts and that evidence is submitted under oath. And as Barb pointed out earlier, Lawyers have a duty of candor to the court and they can be sanctioned. They can lose their license to practice law if they violate it in a serious enough fashion. So 
it, this sort of goes back, I think Jill was making this point or, or maybe Barb that, that we have an obligation as bystanders to be purveyors of the truth. DOJ, we should have confidence in when lawyers say things under oath at risk to their future livelihood, you can be sure that they're speaking the truth as compared to some senators who just continue to spew the big lie. And, and certainly the Republican Party in the country had issues before Trump became president. He, he wasn't the start of it. But something that he seems to have imbued these folks with is an absolute shameless ability to blow past the truth and to tell lies when they think that they're better served that way. And we are going to struggle as a country for the next few years with the issue of how do we deal with that? The Smartmatic yeah. lawsuits will help, but it's going to be up to each of us. Yeah. I mean, Jill, you said this. Ted Luce said Republican leaders can reduce the risk of further political violence by saying one simple, truthful sentence, the election was not stolen. And you said this is important. This is the, I mean, you're right. Just having one common set of facts. This is what you guys do every day. You put forward a set of facts and then the jury decides. But we don't even have, you know, Barb, a common set of facts anymore because we have a right-wing media empire and Republicans that are intent on continuing to put out lies, right? Yeah, you know, one of the most <clears throat> damaging moments I thought um, in, in recent years was when Corey Lewandowski testified um, I, I, uh, I, I think it was at the first impeachment trial. I can't remember. It's hard to keep track of all of these things now. But one of the things he said was, you know, he was shown making a false statement on Fox News or wherever it was. And he said, it's not a crime to lie in the media. Uh, and he shrugged it off as if, of course, I lie to the media. Um, I think that is just so harmful, the idea that people are willing to blatantly lie in the media. But uh, I think where, um, uh, you know, the the... The, the rubber meets the road is when these cases got to court. Yeah. We saw, you know, virtually every court that decided election fraud said, show me the evidence. And there was none. And so uh, courts, I think, may be our last bastion of, of truth and facts. And uh, God bless them. You know, if people are willing to lie to the media and in their public statements, then um, perhaps it is these defamation suits uh, that will uh, it, it, it finally hold some of these liars accountable. Yeah. Um, Kimberly, I appreciate you letting me use all these women to get to you. I've been wanting to meet you for years. Um, and I pretended to be to care about Joyce uh, White's uh, chickens. Uh, and but my point is, I, you know, you're the you cannot avoid the racial component of all of this. Right. I mean, Malcolm Nance was just on and said, you know, Let's cut through all this bullshit about capitals. They, they did not treat them the same because they were white Trump supporters. That's what happened at the Capitol. I mean, you tweeted about we're at the most critical point in voting rights since 1965. And you talk about, you know, we watched someone who was jaywalking a black individual that just got shot to death by the police. Your tweets were so personal. You said as black runners, we have to have eyes in the back of our heads. We have to think about the shoes we wear, the times we want, the colors we choose, where we run. Now during a pandemic, wearing a mask or a hoodie running at 6 a.m. can be problematic. It took me a couple of months and many sessions with a therapist before I could run outdoors again after um, Arbery was murdered. Um, it, so yeah. it, it's hard to, 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 I mean, whether it's the Capitol riots or anything else, it's hard to, uh, to take this out of that lens, the, the racial element, isn't it? I mean, that's the lens that it's the umbrella that that covers all of this. I mean, we have to be reminded that the insurrection was literally an effort to stop votes uh, of black and brown folks in places like Atlanta and Detroit, my hometown uh, and, and Milwaukee from being counted. This was the anniversary of Ahmaud Arbery's 
uh, death. And it's true. I, I really had to go to therapy before I could run in my mostly white neighborhood again. And it, it's a place where I felt safe, but all it takes is one person not knowing who I was to call the cops. Yeah. And then the same fate could could happen. Voting rights is incredibly important right now. We talked about that, but all of this stems from the fact that the Supreme Court gutted a part of the Voting Rights Act of 1965 uh, that made it much harder for the Department of Justice to police when people impose some of these awful voting laws. At the time, I lived in Virginia at the time yeah. that uh, decision came down. And by the next election, we had voter ID laws. We had people who were, um, you know, I had when I went to vote in the next election, someone was questioning someone asking them where they were from, one of the election workers. Yeah. I mean, it's just so, uh, it, it's just so deeply ingrained. It's it's the original sin of this country, the way that it has treated people yeah. of different races, and it still continues to rear its head in, yeah. in so many ways. And Barb, before we go, you know, I loved how Mara Garland drew not just a straight line from Timothy McVeigh, and which he prosecuted, but, you know, as we saw in the impeachment, it goes through Michigan, it goes through your state, it goes through the militias that were going to kidnap and execute Governor Whitmer and these, you know, groups that we've been they've been warning for years, these right wing white supremacist groups that are that are violent. And, and thank God we're finally going to, to prioritize that. Yes. And I thought the other thing that was really uh, powerful about Merrick Garland's opening statement is he drew a line not only from the Capitol back to uh, 1995 and Timothy McVeigh, but all the way back to the Ku Klux Klan and noted that the whole reason the Department of Justice was created was to counter the violence that we saw in the South during Reconstruction. And so uh, it was a real history lesson, I think, for uh, people to understand that arc of history. Um, It has always been our original sin in trying to uh, be the kind of multicultural country that we pretend to be. Um, And I think that uh, Merrick Garland sees his mission as using the Department of Justice to get us closer toward that more perfect union that we aspire to be. Joyce White Vance, my mother started uh, knitting a sweater for me when I was five, and it still was not done by the time I went to college. And so I want (laughs) to tell you, I'm very impressed with the uh, work you've done this morning. And uh, I love all of you. I want to come play with your chickens. I, Kimberly, I'm a runner. I want to come run with you. Jill, I want to bring my giant dogs to play with your giant dogs. Barb, I'm a lesbian, so I also wanted to be shortstop for the Detroit Tigers. So there may be some (laughs) competition, but I want to come play softball with you. Um, you're all so fantastic. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing Sisters in Law and for just uh, being a voice out there for all of us, for justice and to understand the law. You're, you're just uh, could not be more fabulous. Thanks for having us, Stephanie. Thank much appreciated. you. So much. Thank, Thank you. Hashtag Sisters in Law. Get it. Happy, happy hour, everybody. Oh, happy hour. See, we can have nice things. And we are going to have nice things again post-COVID. But we just got to keep, keep our head in the game, man. We got to yes, right? go to the newdealshop.com, get all the tools you need. Hey, uh, Travis, Avenger nerd or whatever other superhero mm-hmm. nerd you are. You, they all it's have no tools. They all have tools, right? I know Wonder Woman has a golden lasso. I'm a lesbian, so I'm focused on Wonder Woman. But my point is they all have something. And I'm just saying, what, why would you deal with COVID without UV light? when you know that's the science they use in hospitals to disinfect masks. We have the clean phone, the clean phone pro. We have the clean phone wand. Mm -hmm. You zap everything you have, your phone, your mask, your, all of your stuff, your packages, your groceries with that UV light, the clean phone wand portable, take it with you, 
masks. We, we more now more than ever, whether you're double masking or not, get the KN95s right with the uh, anti-fraud labeling, the FDA authorized sticker. We have them. They're in stock. They ship in the U.S. of A. immediately and for free to your home or business. We got the blue disposables if you like to double mask and then do a fashion one on the outside, which I sometimes do. Uh, <laughs> we have lavender yes, aloe do. hand sanitizer. I don't know why I'm talking mm-hmm. like this, but they just, they have all of the tools in your superhero fight against COVID. The new deal shop.com. Do it now for you and your beloveds. The new deal shop.com.